I'm Dr. Mandy Weeks, and you're listening to the Behind the Brace podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations and resources to help families and providers navigate the world of scoliosis. This is your place to find hope for a better solution so that you can live your best life. Hello, I'm Dr. Mandy Dietz, and you are listening to the Behind the Brace podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something a little different. It's called filling the gap. The reason this comes to me is, generally speaking, when you receive a scoliosis diagnosis, you fall on one end of the scale, and then there's some pretty solid recommendations. So, Either you've just found out that you have a scoliosis and you get your x-rays back and it's pretty mild. And then they say, you know what? It's not a huge deal. Right now, you're sitting in a pretty comfortable spot. So come back in six months. We'll do an x-ray and then we'll see what happens. Or the alternate happens and you realize that you have scoliosis or a family member has scoliosis and you get your x-rays back and the curve is more extreme. And that's when they say, either here, here's this brace, or it's too far past and surgery is required. The problem is, is that there's a whole lot of people that fall right in the middle of that. Uh, We were one of those families, and I have met a ton of people, a ton of families that have also fallen in that category. Now, before we get started, I want to let you know that each and every individual circumstance is completely different. Out of all of the years that I've done this work, there usually isn't one scoliosis that is just like the other. And so there's a lot of other medical considerations to be had. So anything I share with you on this podcast is meant as information and not as any sort of treatment recommendation or diagnosis and that... I really strongly encourage you to always check with your medical provider, or if you have specific questions for us, connect with us either through our website or Facebook um, or through our clinic if you want more information. Never take anything that I say as a generalization specific to your case. So now that I have that cleared up, moving forward, the majority of the population ends up in this middle ground. And so what I found as I started moving forward and getting training and figuring out how in the world do we handle a scoliosis as we move forward, I found out that there wasn't a whole lot of of information. Either you were hit that 30-degree curvature mark. And so if you're a family listening to this, if you don't know what your curve marks are, that's okay. I don't expect you to because most of the time they may not even share that information with you. But if you're a provider and you're listening to this, I'm going to throw out some numbers here because this is kind of a a very basic medical recommendation across the board. So typically, if you have a curve and it's 30 degrees or higher, that's when they recommend a brace. Once you hit up into the 40 degree range, 45 degrees, sometimes more, that's when they will say that it's more likely that surgery would be necessary. And depending on how old you are, how much your growth plates have closed, all of these other things will weigh into that decision of, you know, do you get a brace? Do you go to surgery? Do we try a brace? Then do we do surgery? And how do we handle this? But for anybody that has a curve that's under 30 degrees, that's when they say, okay, well, come back in six months. We'll take another x-ray and then we'll see. So then if you're over 30 degrees, then we'll do a brace. 
And if you're not, we'll have you come back in six months again. Oftentimes, what I have seen happen is, say you sit at a 25, 24, 26 degree curve, and six months later, you have another x-ray. And if you're at 27, 28, if that provider says, you know what, let's wait another six months and see, generally speaking, what I have seen is, is that eventually that curve then hits 30 degrees or over. And then they say, okay, let's do a brace. And then they typically fit a patient with a brace that is either made by taking specific measurements by hand um, or sometimes doing a casting. So basically they just cast your entire torso and then they make a cast or a brace out of that casting. Um, and then moving forward from there, they say, okay, well, here's this brace. They'll do x-rays in and out of the brace. And sometimes you might get correction in that brace and sometimes you might not. Most of the time, the correction from that brace, if it's through a medical provider, is generally uh, two-dimensional, meaning that like anything, there's a, a three dimensions to any person, right? As a whole person, as a body, as a block, as an object, there's always a three-dimensional component, meaning that it's front to back, side to side, top to bottom. And so when they build a brace, they look at it from the sides. And so they, they push in a two-dimensional way as best as they can to try to give, give correction. Um, most of the time, you know, that it stabilizes the spine. Sometimes you might get correction in that type of a brace. And then they continue to monitor you as you move forward. And that's been the traditional way to treat scoliosis is that once it's diagnosed, they see where your curve is at under 30 degrees, wait and see, come back in six months, 30 degrees and higher. They build a, a two-dimensional brace as corrective as they can based off of measurements or casting. And then they just keep monitoring for six months in increments, right? Um, and then as you move forward, if your curve continues to get worse, then they do surgery. So what happens when you're under 30 degrees? As a parent, that was really difficult for me is that we're just going to sit here and we're just going to wait until it gets worse and then we'll do surgery. It's kind of like the ticking time bomb that you know is coming that you don't want to come, but it's a very strong possibility. And so what I started doing was is connecting with providers to find out, okay, what can we do before the bomb goes off, right? I don't want to wait until we need a brace, I don't want to wait until we need surgery. What can we do ahead of time? And so that's how we implemented the care in our office. So first of all, I do want to say, when you look at research across the board, there's not a whole lot of research that has been done necessarily to show that, say, physical therapy or yoga or stretching or chiropractic adjustments over a period of time can make long-term changes to a scoliosis. Basically, what that means is, is that nobody's done the hard work of showing and proving that those things could correct a curve. Now, I will say from a clinical standpoint, what I see in my clinic is I have had patients that have had a curve in their spine that have gotten chiropractic adjustments only, and that curve has gotten better. And that's amazing. I have also seen patients that had a curve that was more significant, that had opted not to do any other intervention. They didn't do a brace. They didn't do any other type of traction or at-home therapy. 
and they did chiropractic adjustments only, just like that first patient I referenced. And in a matter of three months, their curve had gotten between 20 and 30 degrees worse. And now that curve became surgical. So like I said at the beginning, not one curve is the same and you can't approach every curve the same. It needs to be individualized based off of your specific history and what's happened. And is this from an injury? Is this a true uh, scoliosis that's idiopathic? Basically meaning that we don't really know why that happens, right? And idiopathic scoliosis is we are not sure why this is happening. Say you have a congenital scoliosis. So in our case, if you're born with something in your spine that isn't quite how it's supposed to be, then there's a reason, right? It's a congenital reason why you have a curve. There are other curves that are, are from a neurological perspective. So for example, and if there's parents listening to this, um, say you have a brain injury or cerebral palsy, or if you have some other neurological issue, if your child has had a spinal surgery, or if they have a problem with their brainstem, or if there's a cyst that was in their spinal cord. Those are all reasons why somebody could have a scoliosis, and then that may be because of the neurological issue. And so we have to look at the big picture of this. And so a lot of the time when I'm discussing scoliosis, I'm talking about the true idiopathic scoliosis that generally happens more commonly in girls than in boys and generally shows up between the ages of 10 and 14. There's something connected with puberty, first menstrual cycle, and all of those things that connect with females more so than in boys. Now, that doesn't mean that I have not had male patients come in with an idiopathic scoliosis. I have. It's just not as common. And so when you're listening to this, if you know somebody or if you have a child that is female between the ages of 10 and 14, somebody should be checking their spine to see if they have a curve because the earlier you find it, the more options you have. And so, for example, I'm just going to give some examples of this stories over a period of time that can give you a general idea of different things that can be done. So when a patient comes in and say they're eight, nine, 10 years old, and you find a scoliosis early and that curve is low, you don't necessarily need a brace. You can address that curve with very specific at-home traction. And what we use in our office is called a scoli roll. It's very easy to show you how to use it. Um, your daughter or your son can use it on their own. You use that throughout the week. And then typically what we do is we combine it with other things such as exercises, corrective exercises. Um, uh, specific chiropractic adjustments can be extremely helpful. It's kind of the difference of, you know, I, I tell my patients that are usually young and in that um, age where everybody's getting braces in school. And so it's the difference of going to the dentist and getting your teeth cleaned and going to the orthodontist and getting your braces put on, right? So if you have, say, a 35 degree curve, then you need to have something stabilizing your spine. Kind of like if you have a huge crossbite, you probably need braces. It doesn't matter how many times you clean your teeth, right? That's not going to fix the bite in your mouth. And so it's the same thing for scoliosis and chiropractic care. If you have a 35 to 40 degree curve in your spine, 
you need a brace because that's going to stabilize your spine so that you don't need to have surgery, hopefully. Hopefully that's successful. However, just because you have braces doesn't mean that all of a sudden you stop going to the dentist to get your teeth cleaned, right? If we did that, we all know what would happen. You'd get your braces off and you'd have a ton of cavities because all of that food would have sat in your braces for all that time. And so it's important to do both. And so what we offer, which isn't absolutely necessary, but what I see that works the best with our patients is if you combine a team of people, it's, there's not just one easy button. If you combine a team of people, that's when people get the best results because the better your body's functioning, the better your body responds to treatment. And so oftentimes it's a coordinated effort where you may be getting chiropractic adjustments to make sure that the, the bones in your spine are moving, that your biomechanics are functioning properly and more so that the nerves in your spine are communicating properly And a physical therapist may be on your team to help make sure that your muscles are balanced and that they're firing appropriately to the best of their ability. You may be getting some body work done. Some people like to do massage or they might do acupuncture. Um, Being active is important. So whether they love doing yoga or they go to the gym or they go for walks or, you know, they do strength training, things like that, they do those together along with whatever treatment is appropriate for the curve in their spine. So what that means is is that it's going to look different for everybody. And the key component is the sooner we find it, the more options you have. The older your child is, the farther along they are where their growth plates are are more to the end of closing, meaning that they're almost done growing and turning into more of an adult the less options we have because the less their body will respond to different types of care and treatment. And so the main focus that I want to tell you is, is that my goal is, is I know that braces are, they're cumbersome. Kids don't like to wear them. Compliance is difficult. It creates a strife between mom and dad and and their child, because now they have to constantly be on them like, well, did you put your brace on? Are you wearing your brace? Put your brace on, right? As a parent, I know how that conversation goes. And so if we can find curves and problems in spines earlier, that's better for the whole family because now we have the options that hopefully the body will respond to and we can prevent even getting to the point that you need a brace. Sometimes a brace does become necessary. And what I have also found is that if you can use a corrective brace, a brace that is fit for you in a three-dimensional way, that's the type of brace that we use in our office. It's a 3D bracing system that we we use a three-dimensional scan that's based off of technology. So nothing is done by hand. Nothing is done by casting. We take a 3D image of the body that we can then send along with x-rays and posture images that actually corrects the spine in a three-dimensional way, meaning that it's not just side to side. It actually corrects from front to back and the rotation and all of those things so that you can get better results. And so sometimes that's necessary, but we want to use the least invasive method first and work our way down the line as it's appropriate so that you can get the best care and the best treatment. And so Really, that's what I first embarked on when I started doing this training and I started getting these tools 
is how do we address this before the bomb goes off? How do we handle this before we need to get to a brace? How do we do this before we need to get to surgery? And how do we build a brace that's better? How do we build a brace that functions in a way that's actually correcting the spine and not just holding it in place? And I will say out of out of fairness, across the medical community, right? Um, of course, the people that I see in my office are people that didn't have a great experience with, say, a typical or a normal brace, like a, a two-dimensional brace. Um, so if they're having great success, they typically wouldn't come find me, right? So there are those success stories. And sometimes we do get correction in those different stabilizing braces, but sometimes we don't. And really the reason I feel for that is because when you take the the human component out of it, right, it's more specific. It's It's like the difference of building a brace, you know, by hand versus having like 3D, three-dimensional robotic structures that are more specific, right? The more specific we are, the better correction we get, the better results we get. And so when I say these statements, they're not absolutes, right? We don't live in a world of absolutes. It's not always, it's not never, but sometimes. And what I have seen is that When we find things earlier and we intervene earlier, we give you tools, we give you traction, we get you home exercises, we get you the proper uh, care team members, whether that's physical therapy, chiropractors, um, massage therapists, acupuncturists, all of the things that can encompass a healthy and whole person that gives your body the best chance of healing and responding appropriately that's when we see amazing things in our office. And that's when we see, say, for example, kids that have been overlooked by the medical community because they didn't fit the narrative. They weren't extreme enough that they needed the medical interventions that they have available. But then that left them with nothing. And so then all of a sudden, pain levels and different things like that are now altering their life and they're having to give up things that they love And by implementing the things that I just talked about in a way that bridges that gap, those patients have now been able to move forward and go back to the things that they love. And not only that, but to get correction in their spine so that they don't have to live the rest of their adult life with this mediocre curve. It's not something that progressed, so they didn't need surgery, but it also wasn't an option to just live their whole adult life with with this mid-range issue. So now we've been able to correct those in a, in a way that it, it's a lesser problem, that they can move on through their life with a better quality of life, that they can live their best life to the full capacity that they have available. And that's what we're hoping to share. That's what we want you to hear. And that's the tools and the resources that we want to give you. So if you are a mom or a dad, if this is part of your family, if this is your child, and even as an adult, I have lots of adults that come into my office. Um, and that's something that I should touch on real quick because 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have these resources available. And so what I see now is I see women coming in in their 40s and their 50s and their 60s that were told like, oh, well, you're done growing. So no problem. Your spine is completely stable. You're done growing. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine except there's no follow-up, there's no x-rays, and now they come in in their 40s, 50s, or 60s, and their curve has now progressed throughout their adult life. They're in a ton of pain. They've not been given any options. And so if you're an adult that had a scoliosis that was never 
taken care of in a way and you're living in pain, there are still things we can do for you. So find us, connect with us. And even if you don't live where I live, there are doctors across the United States and the country that do the same thing. And so that's part of this too, is that you may not be in my hometown. You may not be within driving distance of my hometown. However, we can still give you the tools where you can connect to the right people. And so I encourage you to reach out because it's never too late um, to get help and to have hope that you can live your life in a different way and and maybe not in pain every day. Um, and maybe you're not even in pain, but maybe to prevent it from getting worse. Um, if you're a provider and the things that I've talked about are completely foreign to you, please, I encourage you to reach out. If you have patients that you're just not quite sure what to do with and they're in that mid-range where they're not bad enough for a brace or surgery, but they're really not been given any options, there are things that we can give them to complement the care that you're giving them. And we'll send them right back to you so that we can coordinate with you, we can coordinate with them, and it will make their care better and it will help them get better to the best of what's available, to the best of the capacity for what their condition allows. And so while every case is completely unique and specific, there's always hope and there's always a tool or a resource that we can use to help you move forward and to get to a place where hopefully you can live live a better life, live a pain-free life, live a life where you don't have to worry about the ticking time bomb going off down the road and to really try to take a little bit of control, at least in how you make decisions. You know, we can't always control the outcome. Sometimes we do the best we can and we can't control the outcome, but we can control how we make our decisions. And so empowering you to have the information to make good decisions so that you can look back and know that you made the best decision with all of the information available, that's the key. Because then you can move forward in a way that allows you to live. We hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we'll come back and share another episode. We'll be covering some of the red flags of what scoliosis is and also some red flags for providers as well. So make sure you come back next week to listen. You can always find more information on my website. It's behindthebrace.com. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you could leave a review before you go, that would help us reach more people that need this message. To learn more about the services and resources that we have available, visit us at behindthebrace.com. This show is produced by Raymond Team Media. To learn more about how they can help you with your podcast, visit raymateam.com.